Welcome to Superior Central Library's podcast, your place for stories, poetry, messages from your teacher, and announcements from your library. Good morning. Today is Monday, May 4th, and if you are a Star Wars fan, you know what today is. Today is Star Wars Day, because today you can tell people, may the fourth be with you, which is a play on the words, may the force be with you, which is in Star Wars. And so today I have a couple Star Wars poems for you, followed by one of Dr. Seuss's longer books that was requested by one of the listeners. So here we go. For Easter, my youngest son got a Star Wars book called Search Your Feelings, the Galactic Basic Edition, um, and it is written by Calipi Glass and Caitlin Kennedy. And this book is all about figuring out how you feel um, using Star Wars. And so I'm actually going to read the first poem in the book and the last poem. Um, And the poems go in order telling the story. Um, And so the very first one starts with young Anakin. And here it is. It's called Excited. Long before he turned to the dark side, oh so scary, little Anakin, just a boy, was quite the contrary. He wanted to fight for what was right, so he gave Qui-Gon the slip. And with R2, he flew into space and blew up a battleship. Anakin was excited, elated, ecstatic. He knew he had saved the day. He would begin Jedi training and learn from the best. He wanted to start right away. And then the poem for Happy is the last one in the book. Happy. A pilot and a droid. Is there any bond quite so tight? If Poe and BB-8 are apart, something just doesn't feel right. These two are meant to be together. Sure, that may sound sappy, but that's why when they reunite, they are both just so darn happy. Our book today is one of Dr. Seuss's longer books. It is called... Horton Hears a Who. This book was published by Random House in New York, and I was just curious. It was first published in 1954. On the 15th of May in the jungle of Newell, in the heat of the day in the cool of a pool, he was splashing, enjoying the jungle's great joys, when Horton, the elephant, heard a small noise. So Horton stopped splashing. He looked toward the sound. That's funny, thought Horton. There's no one around. Then he heard it again, just a very faint yelp, as if some tiny person were calling for help. I'll help you, said Horton. But who are you? Where? He looked and he looked. He could see nothing there, but a small speck of dust blowing past through the air. 
I say, murmured Horton, I've never heard tell of a small speck of dust that is able to yell. So you know what I think? Why, I think that there must be some one on top of that small speck of dust, some sort of a creature of very small size, too small to be seen by an elephant's eyes. And some poor little person who's shaking with fear that he'll blow in the pool. He has no way to steer. I'll just have to save him, because, after all, a person's a person, no matter how small. So gently, and using the greatest of care, the elephant stretched his great trunk through the air, and he lifted the dust back and carried it over, and placed it down, safe, on a very soft clover. Humph! humped a voice. "'Twas a sour kangaroo, and the young kangaroo in her pouch said, "Humph, too. "'Why, that speck is as small as the pin of a head.' "'Sorry, as the head of a pin. "'A person on that, why, there never has been.' "'Believe me,' said Horton, "'I tell you sincerely. "'My ears are quite keen, and I heard him quite clearly. "'I know there's a person down there, and what's more?' Quite likely there's two, even three, even four. Quite likely a family, for all that we know. A family with children just starting to grow. So please, Horton said, as a favor to me, try not to disturb them. Just please, let them be. I think you're a fool, laughed the sour kangaroo. And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, me too. You're the biggest blame fool in the jungle of Newell. And the kangaroos plunged into the cool of the pool. What terrible splashing, the elephant frowned. I can't let my very small persons get drowned. I've got to protect them. I'm bigger than they. So he plucked up the clover and hustled away. Through the high jungle treetops, the news quickly spread. He talks to a dust speck. He's out of his head. Just look at him walk with that speck on a flower. And Horton walked worrying for almost an hour. Should I put the speck down? Horton thought with alarm. If I do, these small persons may come to great harm. I can't put them down and I won't. After all, a person's a person, no matter how small. Then Horton stopped walking. The speck voice was talking. The voice was so faint he could just barely hear it. Speak up, please, said Horton, and he put his ear near it. My friend, came the voice, you're a very fine friend. You've helped all us folks on this dust speck no end. You saved all our houses, our ceilings and floors. You saved all of our churches and grocery stores. You mean... Horton gasped. You have buildings there too? Oh yes, piped the voice. We most certainly do. I know, called the voice. I am too, I'm too small to be seen, but I'm the mayor of a town that is friendly and clean. Our buildings to you would seem terribly small, but to us who aren't big, they are wonderfully tall. My town is called Whoville, for I am a who, and we who's are all thankful and grateful to you. And Horton called back to the mayor of the town, You're safe now. 
Don't worry, I won't let you down. But just as he spoke to the mayor of the speck, three big jungle monkeys climbed up Horton's neck. The Wickersham brothers came shouting, What rot! This elephant's talking to who's who are not. There aren't any who's and they don't have a mayor and we're going to stop all this nonsense. So there. They snatched Horton's clover. They carried it off to the black-bottomed eagle named Vlad Vladikov, a mighty strong eagle of very swift wing. And they said, will you kindly get rid of this thing? And before the poor elephant could speak, that eagle flew off with a flower in his beak. All that late afternoon and far into the night, that black-bottomed bird flapped his wings in fast flight, while Horton chased after with groans over stones that tattered his toenails and battered his bones, and begged, Please don't harm all my little folks who have a much right to live as us bigger folks do. But far, far beyond him, that eagle kept flapping and over his shoulder called back, Quit your yapping. I'll fly the night through. I'm a bird. I don't mind it. And I'll hide this tomorrow where you'll never find it. At 6.56 the next morning, he did it. It sure was a terrible place that he hid it. He let that small clover drop somewhere inside of a great patch of clovers a hundred miles wide. Find that, sneered the bird, but I think you will fail. And he left the flip of his black bottom tail. I'll find it, cried Horton. I'll find it or bust. I shall find my clover on that small speck of dust. And clover by clover by clover with care, he picked up and searched them and called them, Are you there? But clover by clover by clover, he found that the one that he sought for was just not around. And by noon, poor old Horton, more dead than alive, had searched and piled up 9,005. Then, although that afternoon, hour after hour, till he found them at last on the three millionth flower. My friends, cried the elephant, tell me, do tell, are you safe? Are you sound? Are you whole? Are you well? From down on the speck came the voice of the mayor. We've really had trouble, much more than our share, when that black bottom birdie let go and we dropped we landed so hard that our clocks have all stopped. Our teapots are broken, our rocking chairs smashed, and our bicycle tires all blew up when we crashed. So, Horton, please, pleaded the voice of the mayor, will you stick by us, whose? Will we make our repairs? Of course, Horton answered. Of course I will stick. I'll stick by you small folks through thin and through thick. Humph! humped a voice. For almost two days, you've run wild and insisted on chatting with persons who've never existed. Such carrying ons in our peaceable jungle. We've had quite enough of your bellowing bungle. And I'm here to state, snapped the big kangaroo, that your silly, nonsensical game is all through. 
And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, me too. With the help of the Wickershams, brothers in dozens of Wickersham's uncles and Wickersham's cousins and Wickersham in-laws, whose help I've engaged, you're going to be roped. You're going to be caged. And as for your dust bags, ha, that we will boil in a hot steaming kettle of bezel nut oil. Boil it, gasped Horton. Oh, that you can't do. It's all full of persons. They'll prove it to you. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Horton called. Mr. Mayor, you've got to prove now that you're really there. So call a big meeting, get everyone out, make every who holler, make every who shout, make every who scream. If you don't, every who is going to end up in a bezel nut stew. And down on the dust back, the scared little mayor quick called a meeting in Whoville Town Square. And his people cried loudly, they cried out in fear, We are here, we are here, we are here, we are here. The elephant smiled. Well, that was clear as a bell. You kangaroos surely heard that very well. All I heard, snapped the big kangaroo, was the breeze and the faint sound of wind through the far distant trees. I heard no small voices, and you didn't either. And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Me neither. Grab him, they shouted, and cage the big dope. Lasso his stomach with ten miles of rope. Tie the knots tight so he'll never shake loose. Then dunk that dumb speck in the bezel nut juice. Horton fought back with a great vigor and vim, but the Wickersham gang was too many for him. They beat him, they mauled him, they started to haul him into a cage, but he managed to call to the mayor, Don't give up! I believe in you all. A person's a person, no matter how small, and you very small persons will not have to die if you make yourselves heard. So come on now and try. The mayor grabbed a tom-tom. He started to smack it. And all over Whoville, they whooped up a racket. They banged on tin kettles. They beat on brass pans, on garbage panel tops, and old cranberry cans. They blew in bazookas. They blasted great toots on clarinets, oompas, and boompas, and flutes. Great gusts of loud racket rang high through the air. They rattled and shook the whole sky. And the mayor called up through the howling mad hubbubaloo. Hey, Horton, how's this? Is our sound coming through? And Horton called back. I hear you just fine, but the kangaroo's ears aren't quite as strong, quite as mine. And they don't hear a thing. Are you sure all your boys are doing their best? Are they all making noise? Are you sure every who down in Whoville is working? Quick, look through your town. Is there anyone shirking? Through the town rushed the mayor from the east to the west, but everyone seemed to be doing his best. Everyone seemed to be yapping or yipping. Everyone seemed to be beeping or bipping. But it wasn't enough, all this ruckus and roar. He had to find someone to help him make more. 
He raced through each building. He searched floor to floor. And just as he felt he was getting nowhere and almost about to give up in despair, he suddenly burst through a door that the mayor discovered one shirker, quite hidden away, in Fairfax Apartments, Apartment 12J, a very small, very small circler named Jojo was standing, just standing, and bouncing a yo-yo, not making a sound, not a yip, not a chirp, and the mayor rushed inside and he grabbed the young twerp. And he climbed with the lad up the Ethelberg Tower. This, cried the mayor, is your town's darkest hour, the time for all who's who have blood that is red to come to the aid of their country, he said. We've got to make noises in greater amounts, so open your mouth, lad, for every voice counts. Thus he spoke as he climbed, and when he got to the top, the lad cleared his throat and he shouted out, Yop! And that yop, that one small extra yop, put it over. Finally, at last, from the speck of that clover, their voices were heard. They rang out clear and clean, and the elephant smiled. Do you see what I mean? They've proven they are persons, no matter how small, and their whole world was saved by the smallest of all. How true, yes, how true, said the big kangaroo. And from now on, you know what I'm planning to do? From now on, I'm going to protect them with you. And the young kangaroo in her pouch said, Me too. From sun in the summer, from rain when it's fallish, I'm going to protect them, no matter how smallish. The end. I hope you enjoyed that Dr. Seuss story. It is a great one. Have a really good day, guys. Don't forget to check in with your teachers. And remember through all of this that if you are struggling with schoolwork, none of your teachers want you to become so frustrated that you can't think straight. So while you're doing your work, don't forget to take breaks and walk around and clear your head. Don't forget you can ask your teacher any question that you have. We would rather you... Um, Ask a question, then get overly frustrated. Have a wonderful day.